All right, so good morning, folks. <laughs> so Freddie Gibbs and academics are still going at it. What I don't get is, there's a few things I don't get. Why is Freddie Gibbs even entertaining the thought of someone like academics? That's number one. Number two, why does academics feel like he can talk so much shit to a Freddie Gibbs? Whether it's street shit, accomplished MC shit, like what are you? What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what are you doing? How can you talk that much shit? Now I get it. Academics has a huge platform, or at least he used to. Millions of people. It was all that everyday struggle. Actually, no, it was before. So he built his following before everyday struggle. Those for those who remember, y'all should remember everyday struggle. Come on. So he built that following on Everyday Struggle. He brought them there. Joe left. Then it was various characters. Then it was just him. Still there. And there's still some other characters. I think Wayne Wayne was there now still. So your audience tends to follow you. But I don't get this. <laughs> I got to find the origins of this beef. Let's find the origins together. Because this is the most mismatched beef of all time. <laughs> it is. Freddie Gibbs versus... I think it actually has something to do with Jeezy. I think academics this Jeezy. Oh God, Joe Budden weighs in on the Freddie Gibbs. No, here we go. When was this? Yesterday? Okay, Joe Budden took to his podcast for a discussion about the Freddie Gibbs and DJ Academics. So this is going to be funny because Joe clowns Academics all the time. This past week was an interesting one if you're a fan of either Freddie Gibbs or DJ Academics. Two became bros in a pretty hilarious internet beef. Uh-huh. That started when Academics called Gibbs irrelevant in comparison to Jeezy. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, as you can imagine, Gibbs didn't exactly appreciate these remarks. He took to Twitter where he immediately began to clown academics for looking like a Teletubby. From there, Ack went on Twitch and went on a rant that eventually got him suspended from both Twitch and the Java Complex. He went off on Chrissy Teigen, who I know who, who, was, who she was. Then I was on Twitter this morning and she's like, time for my infamous titty pancakes or some shit like that. I'm like, okay, so I click on it. And then it turns out that's her, Chrissy Teigen. So I guess that's, that's who he went off on. How do you go off on her? Anyway, uh, Gibbs, Twitch, and Complex, he lose your job off that. Suspended, I should say. Gibbs isn't letting his foot off the gas. Although for the most part, things have seen deep calm down. With this in mind, Joe Budden is now waning on the matter through his podcast. Recently, Budden, Mull, and Roy decided to give their takes. <laughs> on the drama, and for the most part, they're siding with gigs. As Button explained, academics shouldn't bring up numbers in relation to Gibbs, as he's currently the best friends with 6ix9ine, who's constantly being accused of faking streams on YouTube. From there, Ma and Roy know that academics shouldn't be talking to a tough guy like, yeah, exactly. Especially since academics never want to engage in physical fights, yeah. 
So they didn't say anything that we didn't expect them to say. Okay, so here's another one. High sobriety. The DJ academic. <laughs> we've got we've got the crux of the argument. He's basically saying he's irrelevant, like Jeezy. I was never a big Jeezy fan, but I'm not gonna go and be like, yo, Freddie Gibbs is irrelevant like Jeezy. I understand Jeezy's contribution to the, the culture. It's a very big contribution, it's a very epic contribution, but it's not, like, I'm not sitting around listening to Jeezy all day. You know? You can have people like that. You can have artists like that. Like, I don't know, I don't want to say, I don't want to even put them in the same category, but I understand Cypress Hill contribution to the genre. I am not listening to Cypress Hill daily, <laughs> you know? Let me use somebody from my generation. Um, let's say 2000, okay. Um, let's say 98, 99, 2000. I was gonna say Black Rob, but I listen to him a lot. Um, Capone and Noriega, maybe? <laughs> I don't know, like, I listen to them a lot too. You know, Chameleon Air, like, I don't know. There's some people who, they contributed so much to rap, to hip hop, that they get a pass. <laughs> it means like, you did more for this genre than a lot of people were doing at that year, at that year or that time. With ringtones and all types of shit. So I'm not talking, I'm not talking down Jeezy, are you kidding me? <laughs> Jeezy is one of the most important figures in the, in the genre. To say he's irrelevant like Freddie Gibbs is just bait. Freddie Gibbs is on top of his game right now. You're gonna say he's irrelevant? Fuck out of here, man. I don't know if he listened to any of the past four albums of Freddie Gibbs. You're lying. You don't know what you're talking about. Listen to this. If Jeezy dropped an album right now, he'd sell 50,000. Relevancy means, is your music actually doing anything? And to be honest, other than the few people who fuck with Freddie Gibbs, what relevancy does he have? <laughs> Academics comments didn't carry any weight as Gibbs' latest album release, Alfredo, sold over 30,000 copies in his first week and peaked at number 15 on the Billboard chart. Nevertheless, Gibbs wasn't going to let it slide, clapping back, I'm not saying that word there, in a series of Instagram posts and Twitter exchanges. <laughs> He's got t shirts and shit. Oh, man. He's got like t shirts of him beheading. Oh, man. He's got a t-shirt of him, Jeezy, Joe, <laughs> about to behead, um, what the fuck's guy's name? Who are we talking about? This guy's name? Academics. <laughs> That's fucking funny. I didn't realize Freddy was so good at memes, man. Like, he memed the shit out of this guy. And then skinny sugar friendly gives you pussy <laughs> academics. So academics is in like a soundproof room talking shit. Oh, interesting. Freddie Gibbs and Madlib performed bandana standouts for NPR's Tiny Desk concert. 
Freddie Gibbs and bandanas. I don't want to hear a French Montana. Freddie, that was in the next article. Freddie Gibbs and Madeline's bandana gets a special white vinyl edition. Interesting. The Doja Cat. Okay, I like I like how she looks. So. <laughs> Doja Cat became embroiled in a feud with Nicki Minaj's Twitter. Oh man. Sorry. TJ, cousin, right? She's my favorite as Fish dog, Doja Cat. Stop responding to them. They're Twitter gangsters and they have done the kind to say about you or anyone. They live and breathe being fucking immature. Didn't Doja Cat get dragged like two weeks ago? Anyway, shout outs to. <laughs> Yeah, Doja Cat can get it. Mm-hmm. No lie. No lie, yo. So we got to the crux of this beef. This beef is nothing. Well, it is something. But, um... I don't see the relevancy of, like... Like, if it was me and I was Freddie Gibbs, I wouldn't even acknowledge... I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I wouldn't acknowledge it. Freddie Gibbs is of a different kind of, like... Like, ilk. He'll be like, I'm gonna beef the fuck out of this guy. (laughs) And catch him on sight. You know? If If academics approached me in a club and was like, peace, 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 brother, peace, I might be like, all right. But just don't say that shit again. But if he came talking crazy, he's getting headbutted. Like, like it's simple as that. You don't talk that much shit online and then in real life continue to talk shit. You're supposed to piece it up the way Jay-Z pieced it up with Prodigy in rap. Jay-Z telling Prodigy, oh, it's just rap, it's just rap. And Prodigy had to back down and be like, all right. As he's ready, getting ready to, to pull the strap. No, okay, it's cool. It's just rap. It's just rap. All right. That's why Project says I set it off on your bitch ass. Don't forget that. And your retaliation was weak. Baby pictures. <laughs> that's what he was talking about. So that's the interesting um, elements of this. Be- I gotta, I gotta actually do something. One second. One second. So that's the uh, hip-hop news for this morning at 4.30 a.m. That's the hip-hop news. I still haven't dug into the, um, the beef with, um, what the fuck's I talking about? I haven't dug into the, the far-right beef and the far-left, not the far-left, but the, you know the beef between the right and the left. I'm still trying to figure out if anything happened. I feel like they quashed that news if it did happen. I find it hard to believe that July 4th came and went and there was no violence of any kind. I just find it impossible to believe. That's your day. July 4th is your day to go and do whatever you want, 
in the name of independence in the U.S. and blah, blah, blah. So, we don't know about the covert lynchings and <laughs> shit. What, did I go off about lynchings or some shit yesterday? My memory's garbage. Um, I went off about lynchings. I forgot what the context was. I think I was talking about like the clan or something. The clan. Something we're walking in groups. Oh! I forgot exactly what it was, but I'm like, yo, oh right, it was the it was a black militant group. I forgot what they're called. They're called like the NCAACC, not the NCAACP, like the NCAC or something. And they're on their territory with the megaphone being like calling them out like, yo, come outside, blah, blah, blah. And nobody came outside. <laughs> no KKK came outside. Because nobody really wants to smoke. It's easy, if you have a gun and somebody else got a gun, who really wants that smoke? Who really wants to be the one to draw first and then set off a, a war? Nobody. So they stayed the fuck inside their house, all right? Peace. <laughs> Let's just, this is a part two. I have to do a part two to this. Black militant group goes, calls out the KKK, calls out the Klansmen on their territory. And, you know, to be fair, to large acreage. But they call them out with a megaphone. And as has been pointed out, black people are only 15% of the population of the US. Now split that by, I don't know, <laughs> I wanna say half, but it's really less than half. Let's say 6% of black people showed up to that shit. And nobody came outside. Nobody. People are scared of a militant black group. People are scared of militant black or black militancy. Yeah, they'll follow you in the night and hang you and shoot you and shit like that, but 25 of y'all, 50 of y'all, they ain't trying to get that smoke because they know you'll shoot back. And when you shoot back, they gotta shoot. See, this is the thing with shooting. The media has it look like, oh, people shoot each other all the time and shoot each other, shootings, shootings. When it comes to a real life scenario like that, nobody wants to be the one to initiate the shooting. <laughs> you know what I mean? To initiate the shooting has the greatest implications of all time. You're gonna, let me turn the fan off. You're gonna go shoot the black militant group and then hope they don't shoot back those, they'll all fire back. And it's like the army of 300, right? You might find that these, 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 this group is more effective than you. There's too many of y'all, you can't control everybody. But with that small group, everybody's got a role, a specified role. They don't waste their bullets. They don't just be shooting indiscriminately. 
So that's my thoughts on that. That's my final thoughts on that. I also got a new clip on mic coming in. <laughs> I went from shooting to clip on mic. I got a new clip on mic coming in. It should be interesting. I hope it comes in the, I hope it comes in the morning because I got a is it a Monday? Yep. So I got a um mic delivery coming in. I got a a lunch with sorry I'm in my head right now. I got a lunch with the parents with the D parent and um it should be it's just it's all about the baby so it should be interesting. You know what I'm saying? It should be interesting. Then there's the rest of the week of work, or 1.5 jobs. <laughs> the job that I like the most, the courts haven't opened, and they're thinking of tossing. They're gonna be like, yo, murder, assault, terrorism, rape. These kind of things take precedence over drunk driving. If you were drunk driving, okay, that sucks. It's fucked up, but here's a ticket. Go. You know what I mean? We don't give a fuck. I did get an email that I got. Let me read the email. Reading private emails and shit. Let me read the email. Let me read the email. It was interesting because it confirmed what I already thought was gonna happen which I suggested that they should do. Um, let's see. Where is that fucking guy? Okay, let me just look for his name. Hey. I almost said his full name. Hey. Here we go. I hope you've been keeping well during these uncertain times. <laughs> As of now, I ain't been able, I didn't say that, but I ain't heard about the normal SUP program is expected to return, but I wanted to bring up another temporary opportunity while COVID restrictions are still in place. Due to the pandemic, our other programs that require community service obligations cannot be met on account of the city being shut down. I've been proposing a list of alternatives to our funders on what can be done as an alternative. I suggest the possibility of being able to host an online webinar going over relevant material in your SUP program for those who might have substance use issues. If this is approved, would either of you be interested, of course I would, be interested in facilitating online module webinars which clients will need to complete hours. Since this is not directly related to drinking and driving, thank God, like, like SUP typically is, you can tailor the program and remove some content like the drinking and driving videos. Thank God. Obviously, I would need to work out some details. I wanted to see if this would be in some of you being, yeah, of course. That drinking and driving shit, some of that shit was from like the 70s and shit. So it's good that we get to incorporate, I've already been incorporating my own material, but 
It's good that it's formal. Is there a light out there? Yep. You know, everybody has to adapt. I don't want to say to the new reality. Everybody has to adapt to the shift in paradigm. It's a paradigm shift. We were digital before, we are sure as fuck digital now. All right? So many things, telehealth, this thing that I just described, you know, all these Fortnite concerts, contactless delivery, drones, <laughs> you know, and the list goes on and on, like curbside pit. We, and it's been rightfully said, we jumped about two, three years in about three months. And if you want to extend it six months, like by the time six months is done, we would have really refined what it is to be, what, to be totally independent of going into places. The mall opened up near my neighborhood. It's like seven minutes away. Nothing in there is open. Shit open. The drawer is open. Who gives a fuck about the drawer? So, it's an interesting time. And it's hard to see because we're in the thick of it. We're in the midst of it. So it's like, where does this end? Only 10 years from now, we'll be like, oh yeah. I'm trying to get the bird's eye view of things as it's happening in real time, but it's hard. It's like, what's really going down? I think I have a good balance of bird's eye view and just being in the streets type thing. Cause you always got people around you that are like not bird's eye view people and they help you ground you in like the day to day. Tends to be older people who have that bird's eye view thing. But, but often they're so like, not that they're senile, but they're, they're coming from a framework of old people from like back in the day. Like they're not, it's not relevant to right now, but it's useful in certain ways. I gotta call my godfather because he has a, this current, race relations going downwards, he has a whole bunch to say about this shit. I know he does. <laughs> I know he does. Maybe I'll call him on the Mondays he's working today. Or maybe he's not. I don't know. I'll call him maybe at night and see what's going on. Um, yeah. Also, when we got the newborns, the newborn fathers, be prepared to be on the receiving end of a lot of orders. All right. So as someone who's never had a kid, I don't know shit about this shit. So I'm just listening to, to her sort of explain the best methods of things. And I'm like, okay, all right. I can see how some someone with more ego would be pissed <laughs> because 
they feel like they got it all under control. Why the fuck are you telling me this? Were your parents there? No. Were you there for your kid? No. <laughs> now you're there for your other kid. Now you want to be like, I know everything. You don't know everything. So, you know, it's, it's, it, you got to be mindful of those people that know more than you in certain areas. I might know more than her in a whole bunch of areas. She knows more than me in a whole bunch of areas. So, that's just how it go, all right? That's just how it go. I wake up again, <laughs> put the baby in the bassinet, wake up, the baby's beside us. Oh my God, this baby don't like fucking sleeping in the bassinet, it's sad. Not sad, but I don't want to be rolling over and like injuring the baby. I think I woke up and like, I could just tell that there was something there. There was someone there that wasn't a, 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 full, a full scale human. Like, what's this? It was pitch black. I'm like, I'm like touching his like hair and shit. I'm like, okay. It's a baby. <laughs> but I might continue these recordings from the streets while I go on my walk. You know what I'm saying? Get some exercise. All right? Peace.